0: Hello there and welcome to the Al Foreign podcast, sponsored by Beth Fred and produced by Feed Ignite. Folks, this is episode 7 with the wrestler Shane Hurricane Helms. You guys know that I'm a big wrestling fan. I went to WrestleMania in 2018 in New Orleans. I had the time of my life and obviously in the first season we had Virgo Devitt, a.k.a. Finn Balor on the podcast. It was a blast having him on too. We just had so much fun. Shane was no different. This was brilliant. Such a great conversation about wrestling. Honestly, a brilliant guest. You know, he he started wrestling from the age of 17 and worked on the independent circuits, went to WCW and obviously eventually ended up in WWE. Took on the gimmick of the hurricane, which became so popular. Everybody remembers the memorable feud he had with The Rock in 2003, where The Rock actually put him over which means The Rock campaigned for him to win that match. (laughs) Wrestling fans, you guys are gonna love this. We talk about everything. WrestleMania, The Undertaker, the current climate of wrestling, WCW, the Attitude Era, backstage stories, Trump, (laughs) Ric Flair, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns. This is a brilliant, brilliant conversation. I enjoyed this so much, and I hope you guys do too. And even if you're a wrestling fan that drifted away years ago, you're still going to enjoy this because there's a lot of nostalgia fueled topics in there as well, which I think you guys will like. Enjoy this one. And I hope you have a fantastic weekend. This is the Al Podcast, Episode 7. With Shane, the hurricane helms. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming (laughs) through. Game on. Get £30 in free bets from Betfred when you sign up and stake a tenner. Football, racing, rugby, boxing. Betfred have markets available on all of the biggest matches, races, fights and more. Download the Betfred app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Or sign up through Betfred.com. Game on. 18 plus, begambleaware.org, UK and Northern Ireland only. First sports bet of £10 and over in one transaction, settled in 60 days. Odds evens, brackets 2.0 and over. £30 free bet paid within 10 hours of bet settlement, 7 day expiry. Payment restrictions apply. SMS validation may be required. Full terms and conditions apply. Please gamble responsibly. Shane Hurricane Helms. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate this. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. It's uh we're having a big election over here today. <laughs> yeah. You might have heard about it. You might yeah. have heard you might have heard a little <laughs> bit about it. So it's a little chaotic today, but in my neck of the woods, as we say over here, uh yeah. it was a pretty easy, easy process for me today. So yeah. Um Absolutely. I'm just gonna hide out until the uh what chaos. <laughs> well, but this this episode is actually
0: released on Friday, so okay,
1: so the, it'll all be out, man. We, okay? We'll be, yeah, we'll be in the midst of the chaos by then. So <laughs> I apologize. Either way, it's going. You know, I, I apologize for the last four years.
0: It wasn't <laughs> my fault.
1: I, I didn't have anything to do with that.
0: Well, I, I know. I know you kind of how we we both came about was you kind of seeing my McGregor impression online and that's how we kind of communicated with each other. I'm obviously I'm a huge dressed
1: fan. Yeah, Google. I reached out to you, right? Didn't yes, I just you say, did. It? yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: you, yeah. You, you did. indeed. But well, you know Trump is one of the impressions that I do as well. I don't <laughs> post it up enough, but oh, me, this, it's, that's agony. It's the pain. agony. It's 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 a headache. It really is, you know. <laughs> that's so you good. You know, let's I mean if we could get into DeLorean and go back to WrestleMania in in Detroit, that would have been fantastic, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We could have ended it all right there. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. I don't want to get too deranged on the political stuff, but one of the <laughs> of photographers at that WrestleMania asked me to take a picture with Trump. There's a like, Hurricane, you want to take a picture with Trump? And I said, hell no. I didn't <laughs> like you back then. So this, for me, there's a lot of people that's like, they didn't like him because of this. So I haven't liked him so so
0: he 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 had a lot of heat even back then back then Uh,
1: i'd I'd heard some of the stories you know i'd heard some of the stories uh you know some of the bad stories already at that point so yeah and you know like i said uh at this point who knows what have happened so let's not let's let's keep it fun but anyway (laughs) what i do i do like that i reached out to you because to me like social media gets a bad rap because there's so many assholes out there yeah but like I remember the very first celebrity that ever responded to me was um, Dane Cook. Okay. I was like, oh man, that's cool as shit. So I like, I'll I'll reach out to people all the time, you know, and it doesn't matter where we're at on the food chain or however people Mm. perceive us. I was like, you did something that I thought was cool. So I didn't look (laughs) at it like it was the hurricane, even though I am the hurricane, that's who I'm always going (laughs) to be. I was like, I got to reach. And some guys won't do that. You know, I know people that are, because of their star power you know Mm. if they reach out they're going to seem less than i just yeah i don't look at it like that man
0: yeah Yeah. it's a great way to be i'm I'm fair play to you with the mcgregor impression i've met him on numerous occasions oh yeah and i oh yeah Uh, he acknowledged it for the first time a couple of months ago but i had met him before that years ago and i remember him saying to me he, he he said he says say, you do a very good, you do you do a very good impression of Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro and all them. But when I hear you do me, it's absolute shit. <laughs> really,
1: he said, just it like you did.
0: <laughs> so he had to give a fifty-fifty in there, but yeah. he's this he's cool and um, look forward to seeing him back obviously in, in in a few months interesting now with that lightweight division so yeah okay you no
1: know, it, it should be exciting. i'm gonna have to get you to do a connor where you're challenging the hurricane i need. i don't know what i'm gonna do oh yes you, but, I, but i need to hear that <laughs> at some
0: point <laughs> we'll get that at the end don't worry we'll get that at the end and uh, listen i, I just want to obviously with the start of your your career obviously and, and i've seen in some interviews where you know you, you've mentioned that You know, you were you were taking bumps from the age of 13, you know, growing up in in North Carolina. So, like obviously, what sparked your love for professional wrestling? Have you have you is it kind of been there your whole
1: life kind of thing since you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. My dad was a big pro wrestling fan. Yeah. And it's the first thing I remember seeing on television was pro wrestling.
0: Wow. And
1: so I would watch it with my dad, and and I just had this familiarity with it because I was watching it so much. Mm. Because my dad, my dad, he would if it was on my dad was going to be watching it. So, and this is, uh, in the early seventies. So, you know, you only got one wow. TV back then, you yeah. know? Um, so early seventies uh, going into the eighties or late seventies going into the eighties, And so I just grew up loving it. And I just fell in love with it at an early age, you know, and yeah, 13's the age I went to my first live event, uh, when I was five years old, my dad took me to that and that was yeah. in 1979. And so when I was 13, uh, in 1988, I got involved with a small independent company. I rode my mm. bike a couple of miles to it, you know, just say, Hey, can I do anything to be involved? And yeah. uh, I was one of the guys that would help set up the ring shit like that. <laughs> you know, um, I would carry the jackets from, uh, you know, the guys would take the jackets off ring boy, I guess you call them. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, you, you take them back to the bag, just anything I could to get a chance mm. to play in the ring and half the time I'd have to go in there and just kind of mess around by myself. Cause I was small, but, yeah. You know, everybody's got a different story, but that was mine. Of course. And I mean,
0: you look at the 80s, that was a that was a golden era for, yeah. for professional wrestling. I mean, it was huge with the likes of Z Hogan, Flair. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was just a, it was a great decade. Savage as well. You know, yeah,
1: yeah. Flair, I didn't get to see WWF till about 1987. OK, um, yeah. So I was a huge NWA kid, you know, yes, NWA, yeah. we had, also we had world-class. I see a little bit mm. of NWA on cable, but not much. And so, so that was I kind would, of the Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes kind of era. Yeah. 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 That's what yeah. I grew up on. The horseman, that type of shit. Yeah. And so the quality of wrestling there, you know, move for move, the mechanics was mm. so high. The NWA had the absolutely best in ring product, mm. you know, but you would see in the magazines, you would see the glitz and the glamour of the WWF. So you know, I couldn't wait to see it. And then when I saw it, you know, it was just a little bit, you know, you get the, the hillbilly gems and the shit like that. And I'm like, well, why am I watching? You know, because yeah. I didn't quite understand the entertainment aspect of it then. You know, I just saw the move for move stuff. Yeah. Uh, but years later, obviously, I took to the entertainment <laughs> stuff as well. Uh, yeah. you know, so it, it, it,
0: it progressed greatly as, as an industry from kind of the early 80s up until, Kind of the you know the attitude era the, the yeah, difference yeah. In, in the product was huge obviously you made your your pro
1: debut when you were 17 years old 16. 16 sorry it was just yeah. in
0: 1991
1: yeah yeah wow yeah it was i was uh it was early 19 19- i did turn i did turn uh 17 that year i guess but i was 16 when the match happened i was a referee at 15. uh okay. which was you know a lot of fun but um, at 16, I was just at a show and I would always have my gear with me. And my gear was just my workout gear, which was my amateur wrestling singlet. I never had a match. so There's no reason for me to have gear, yes. but I had my amateur singlet and somebody didn't show up at this show. Okay. And, uh, one of the guys spoke up for me and he goes, Hey, I know that this kid's never, <laughs> and he told him he never had a match, but he's good. You know, I've seen him do some stuff. And so we went out there and, uh, man, it was just, it clicked. And they came, and this sounds ridiculous, but it was the best match on the show. I don't know what that says <laughs> about anybody else. You know, it wasn't Savage Steamboat or anything like that. But, you know, grading on the curve of my being my first match, we went out there and, and uh, you know, we did some really good stuff. And like I say, this was um, 1991. So some of the high-flying stuff that I was doing, you didn't see on an independent no, level no, in North Carolina whatsoever. So yeah. I, I did have that advantage because I was just doing stuff they hadn't seen. So, yeah, and it just took I, off from there. Yeah, absolutely,
0: and and obviously you wor- you worked all the way up trying kind of through the independent circuit mm-hmm. up
1: until you kind of
0: you, you went to the oh hell
1: say, we can call like, it hell if you want to call it hell
0: that. was it was it hell was it was that yeah was?
1: <laughs> there was no there was very few smaller guys back then yeah. it was still a big man's business and they would try to fistfight me all the time I was yeah. getting into all of these fists by the time I met Matt and Jeff. Mm. And Matt, you know, we we still talk about this.
0: Yeah.
1: By the time I met them, and I met them around 95, 96, something around that time, maybe 96. Mm. And uh they'd already heard about me. My name was Kid Vicious on the indies. So mm. they heard it, you know, which is a memorable name. Obviously, I looked nothing like Sid. I was 150, 60 pounds, maybe skinny. But the name was funny. So anyway. <laughs> but you hear all these rumors of this kid vicious keep getting in these fights, you <laughs> know, you know, getting in these situations. Mm. But the real story was that these bigger guys would try to bully me, and then when I punch him in the face, all of a sudden I'm the bad guy. (laughs) When all I was doing (laughs) was fighting back, you were just because I would, yeah. But because (laughs) I would win, then I was the little shooter. And like even to the point when I first worked Shannon Moore, Shannon was all worried as hell. He didn't know what was going to happen. And then we go out there and we had this good match. And afterwards, he goes man, you cool as hell. <laughs> and I was like, listen, I know I've heard some of this shit, but they got some of that too, you know, especially yeah. when they started to pop, they, they came into business a little bit more, uh, a little couple years after me, but mm-hmm. they, they were catching the tail end of some of that where these guys that didn't want to work with yeah. the smaller, smaller guys. And dude, I would have guys agree to things in the back. They're like, yeah, kid, I'll take care of you out there. And then go out there, lock up, knee me in the stomach yeah, right away, yeah. elbow me in the head, and it's like, all right, here we go, and yeah, I got to yeah. punch him, and it would be ridiculous.
0: But you, you hear stories about about Matt and Jeff when they kind of they first went to the to the WWF at the time, and they yeah. were just, the, you know, the guys in the locker room just had absolutely no time for them whatsoever. You know, yeah. these aren't big kid, big guys. They're doing these moves that are just not going to work. Kind of that's what they thought
1: at the time, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. You know, and this was stuff I'd seen work because I was such a student at the game. I had these tapes from mm. Europe. I had tapes from uh, Japan and Mexico. So I'd seen these smaller, you know, yeah. these smaller athletes and I saw them getting over. And I was just like, man, this can happen here. You know, this and to like coming up, uh, you know, watching NWA, you saw a guy like Brian Pillman. Like he was a smaller guy and you saw him mm. start to get over, you know, and he wasn't like super small at all, you know. Yeah. But when you seen a guy like great mood and what he was doing starting to work like that moonsault just people were going bananas over that when he when he started first doing that in america yeah you know and a guy like uh too cold scorpio who doesn't get anywhere the credit he deserves in terms mm-hmm. of like he raised the bar so high you know it's like man we got to, if you're gonna be a high flyer if that's what i got to compare it to i got to step my game up yeah
0: absolutely. but
1: you saw some evidence that this style could work and so you know and and obviously it did work because it's the most prevalent style now but like what i was doing at sugar shane and wcw mm. you know that's the style i was developing on the indies and it, it wasn't always easy you know some hits and misses here and there yeah but that's what became the x division and that's why you know when you see a yeah. seth rollins and an a.j styles <laughs> that's the style and i was doing that man in you know 95 96 yeah absolutely and and
0: you know, you you got to WCW, and was it nineteen ninety nine? You you yeah. arrived there, was yeah. it? And you were in it. It was a very, actually, a very uh, smart gimmick in terms of the
1: europeans faction. love three count way more <laughs> the europeans love three count way more than the americans did well so well, well,
0: it was the big thing at the time boy bands were huge listen boy bands are huge in europe <laughs> we, still we, right we've got yeah, oh, we've got two flagship boy bands in ireland itself and there's four million people in this country <laughs> yeah
1: that uh, three count, that was the, <laughs> the yeah. Name. Whenever I do signings in the UK or anywhere, there's always <laughs> three count fans, and I'm like, yeah. "Where were y'all when we were three count? <laughs> That's when we needed you." <laughs> Talk to me about your time in WCW because
0: I, I want to know about the atmosphere because I've, I've watched so, as a fan, I've watched so many documentaries about kind of that time in WCW in 1999 where. You know, the, the likes of Bischoff and Vince Russo, they, they talk about how things were kind of crumbling
1: in, in there. Was, well, was the atmosphere a bit messy? Well, I didn't have anything to compare it to. I was coming in off the indies. Yeah. So Sweet. I just thought that's the way shit was. You know? Yes,
0: yes. That's what I'm thinking. You're kind of. And I was, <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, WWE interviewed me for the uh, death of WCW DVD. Mm. And, uh, you know, they're kind of looking for some of their stories, but I just didn't have any. I didn't have any bad stories you know, Bischoff hired me, Russo put me on TV. So I didn't have anything bad to say. And I I mean, everything, you know, I, we, I came in on the ground level, mm. you know, within a year. I mean, we're on pay-per-views our first year in the, in the big time, you know, so mm. we're having fun. Like three count wasn't my thing. It's not my music. No offense to your boy man, fans up <laughs> there. But, uh, you know, I was committed to trying to make that thing work. And then mm. when you starting to see I need to pull away and as sugar Shane and start to do my own thing. But yeah. man, like I had good, you know, good relationships with sting Hogan, <laughs> DDP, you know, all of these guys, they were all cool yeah. to me. You know, I don't have any bad, like there's some things like for management, like my flights would get messed up here and there. are little tiny things, but that happened in WWE too. Of course. Yeah. But as far as seeing anything really bad, I, I didn't. And I, you know, and that's why, like, I never contributed to any of those DVDs about the bad stories because I wasn't going to make some shit up just to be on that DVD. Yeah. You know, for me, I had a blast there. And and yeah, Russo mm-hmm. and Bischoff, uh, you know, there's a, some things you can say negative about them and things mm-hmm. that they did in the business. But for me, they didn't do anything bad. And so I'm not going to bash yeah. on them just because, you know. Absolutely, and but it ended
0: like it. It ended on a high as well. You you were the final yeah. cruiserweight champion in India. Yeah, I was having a good run. <laughs> yeah. so. And and as as well, you could say that the, like I think I don't think WCW gets enough credit for though is their cruiserweight division it was yeah, that really changed
1: everything. Yeah, if, if Bischoff had never ran with that idea, the cruiserweight division, man, there's so many guys that that yeah. You know, we we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. I don't I don't think so. Yeah. You know, he doesn't get enough credit, you know, uh, for, for that. That was, that sparked so many, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's why Eddie came in. That's why yeah. he, Ray, you know, you never would have heard of Ray Mysterio. If, if, not, I don't know. Maybe something would have happened. Who knows? But it yeah. did just put him on the big stage. You know, uh, you know, Malenko, Guerrero, uh, mm-hmm. Benoit, all of those guys. Jericho, Jericho yeah. was brought in. Jericho's one of the biggest stars ever. And he yeah. was brought in specifically for that division. So, yeah. Which, I mean, and so was I.
0: Yeah, of course, that, and it was. It was. It was a a great division. You you look at it. You look at it back then, and you look at kind of the I suppose the supposed heavyweights that were in WCW, and you look at that cruiserweight division. The talent that was there is yourself, Ray, Eddie, yeah. Jericho, all of them. You know, unbelievable. Yeah, and they're all heavyweights
1: by today's standards.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of it's down to that as well. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's amazing. We get to you know two thousand and one. WCW is. It's gone, it's, you know, it's, it's finished. Vince has kind of, I suppose you could say, won the war. Oh, and yeah. you come in to the, the WWE at the time during the invasion angle. And what was it like? Because I heard that there was two kind of sides to the locker room. There was the WCW oh, yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. and then There was the WWE guys. <laughs> it, was, it was a very yeah. it was a territorial atmosphere, was it?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, but, because you got to keep in mind, to get the WCW guys over, they're gonna to have to be on TV. So yeah. they're gonna be taking away TV time from WWF guys. So the WWF guys looked at it like, hey, we won the war. Yeah. We should be on TV, not these motherfuckers. <laughs> so <laughs> I understood the animosity, you know, but I had a, you know, I mean, I knew Man Jeff, uh, through them I knew Edge yeah. Christian. Um, you know people liked me right away so I, I didn't have any like beefs or anything like that like uh yeah. with any wwf guys the only beef i had was with a wcw guy yes yeah, uh, believe yeah. It or not. so but that endeared me to the uh, wwe locker room wwf mm-hmm. locker room because you know you, there's this big guy trying to pick on me and we know yeah. what i'm talking about and yes, i put a stop to that shit just like i did in my <laughs> earlier career but uh you know it, it kind of worked out but the weird thing that i always go back to and about that is that particular period of time and the time when I had to become the hurricane. And, and uh, yeah. you know, I was there, I was sugar Shane on some house shows for WWF. Yeah. Um, uh, my television debut, I was Gregory Helms and, uh, for that one match and then hurricane Helms without the gimmick, uh, for a couple months. I don't know. Mm. I don't know the exact time frame but it was like one or two months. And then as the invasion storyline starts to progress and we develop the hurricane character, what I have to remind people of is while I'm doing this ridiculous character, which we don't know if it's going to work, <laughs> just how stacked the roster was at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, every major star in the industry was under one roof. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, just, I mean, it's Rock, Austin. Undertaker, Kane, yeah. Triple H, Kurt Angle, you got the WCW guys, you know, coming yeah. in, you got Hall, Nash, Hogan, you got the ECW guys, oh. Tag. the tag team is still, you got the Hardys, Edge and Christian. <laughs> That's the I Dullies. was spoiled.
0: As a fan back then, I was spoiled rotten. See,
1: you you got all of those people, <laughs> and then you got my little ass trying to get over as a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the test. That's the I, testament. That's to me the <laughs> testament of it that I figured something out. Because with that roster, I still found a way to somehow, you know, uh, make the shit work. So But but here's the thing about, about the
0: hurricane. And I always thought like if the hurricane was a gimmick that they brought up in in say the mid-90s when they were flouting about all these different crazy gimmicks, I think remember the mid-90s, they just tried everything. Like, I suppose what would have been told to you is, you know, you have to make the crowd believe that you're a superhero. But that's probably. Well, I mean, they kind
1: of cool. did. They kind of, that's what the blue blazer was to a degree. Yeah. They,
0: yeah. They,
1: they tried something similar. They didn't actually call him a superhero like I yeah. did. But a lot of the promo stuff that I was saying was, uh, that was just stuff I came up with. So I kind of yeah. led it in that direction anyway. Like I was obviously yeah. a superhero. But then when I started calling myself like that and I was yeah. talking like, you know, now that reminds me of the time and whatever, you know, I don't even know why I was doing that shit. I would just, you know, spitballing, coming off the top of my head with some of it. But that was but, the beauty of it though, wasn't it? You yeah. not that comedic element to it. <laughs> it's the beauty because it worked. If it, yeah. did, if it wouldn't <laughs> but I had, not, like I say, I had nothing to compare it to. The only other character that was similar to me, to, to how fantastic my character was, was the Undertaker. Yeah, He's the only one that's in full gimmick <laughs> all the time. And I'm not going to get the same push as the Undertaker, so I have all of the challenges with nowhere near the help from the company. You know, and that, that makes it even more challenging. If I had an Undertaker push, you know, then the hurricane gets over even more. Yeah, but I don't know. It was just uh, it's crazy to sit back and think about it now. Like uh, I can't yeah. believe it if it worked. <laughs> I'm just right. glad it did. And the fans absolutely loved it. Yeah. The fans just
0: they loved every. I loved it every week. I thought it was great. I mean, of course we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know the feud with with The Rock. I just thought yes. it was <laughs> it was amazing. Those yeah. backstage segments were just
1: pure gold. <laughs> uh, and it was only going to ever be uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but it was only going to be the one. The one backstage segment was all it was planned for. Okay, yeah. You know because this and that happens a lot. You know, just something yeah. happens that hey, let's put these two guys together this week. And you know if it's good, we'll continue. If not, it'll end. You know, mm-hmm. so. It wasn't unique in that aspect, but that was all, you know, as far as on paper, all it was ever going to be was that first night. But I mean, we killed it, you know, just had good chemistry. And I remember walking, we did the backstage segment first, and then it was going to be a battle Royal later, later that night. And I just remember going back to the locker room to kind of get ready for the battle Royal. And everybody's like, man, you, everybody's going crazy. You know, the the (laughs) locker room, you know, uh the people that really liked me, was like, man, that was great. You guys killed it, man. That was fun. Mm. And I was like, okay, you know, and I felt like it was good, but I wasn't sure how good it was, you know, because yeah. you get so in the moment of things, you don't know if it's really good or they're just blowing smoke up your mm. ass. You don't know. Uh then later on that night in the ring, this was the, the key moment for me. Everybody goes back to the put to the promo because that's so memorable, but the mm. key moment for me was the battle royal yeah Uh, because the rock's in there he's smacking this guy around he's smacking this guy around yeah when he comes to get me i start fighting back and the from the very first punch i threw that crowd came up
0: yeah that i can tell you
1: they want to see this Mm. you know and and you hope in a situation like that you hope that vince heard it and that the writers heard it you hope they do yeah but you never know you know so but luckily they did and uh It just kind of snowballed after that, you know, a couple weeks of the funny backstage skits. And then we had the big match, which was Rock's last match on Monday Night Raw, you know, to this day. So um, it was just great, man. He was so gracious. You know, we would give each other lines to say each other, you know, just whatever makes that segment work. (laughs) We were both willing to do. And I knew in no way, shape or form that I'm getting a rub here. So (laughs) I'll do whatever you need me. And you know, he, uh, he he supposedly pushed for you to go over in that match for you to yeah to oh match. yeah one hundred percent yeah yeah because yeah. um I mean he's going to main, he's going to WrestleMania against, against Austin. Austin yeah you know and why it might not have been the last match it was the main event you know mm. yeah yeah you know, that, that's just how it is sometimes yeah and it's like you you know nobody thinks The Rock's going to lose on the way to WrestleMania you know mm. it's just something he wanted to do out of the way you know shock people. He liked what I was doing, you know. He was a, a fan of my stuff, and with the promo, it's like you know when he pulled out his phone and go, "Hey, it's nothing." He says he knows you. That was my line. I gave it to him to say that. Yeah. Like, hey, that was my suggestion. I should yeah. say. You know, so he knew that I was I was all about the business. Yeah. And um, I don't know. He was just he thought that would be good, and that could skyrocket me a little bit. And you know, I can't thank him enough. You know, he's a uh, he's as good as advertised. You know, you see all the stories about him yeah. and. You know the Instagram and just how positive a guy he is. From mm. every every second I was around him, which is positive. Yeah, now he's 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 a living legend now, isn't he? Yeah. It's
0: just it's amazing how far he's come. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like it all started by working with me. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, one hundred percent, Shane. 100%. That's what that's what I did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you drink I, a little I, bit more of this Kool Aid
1: <laughs> <laughs> <with> some bullshit <laughs> like that. <laughs>
0: And obviously after that, the, the hurricane was, was, was over as hell with the fans. You had a, a couple of good uh, tag team championship reigns with, I think it was Kane it was before that, before the yeah. Rock feud. But you had a great reign with Rosie. Um, yeah. Obviously, he, unfortunately, he, he passed away. Uh, Matt yeah. Hanoi. Uh, that was a, a brilliant yeah. run. I think you guys were tag team champions for the guts of a year.
1: Uh, um, I don't remember how long that run was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that was my favorite championship win was with yeah. Rosie because, you know, uh, when I was the Cruiserweight champion at WCW, I felt like I was the guy there. You know, I was yeah. like, I should be the champion. You know, yeah, yeah. I knew I knew how good I could be in that division. And with the tag team thing, they threw me and Rosie together and it was kind of a, a makeshift deal. You know, there wasn't any real long term plans for that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. We were based off of Charlie and Hurley from the TV show Lost. I don't know how big that was over there. Huge. Okay. So Long. Charlie and Hurley, it was, it, yeah. that's who we were. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just going to kind of be, you know, run its course. And I don't think they had any long-term plans. If they did, they never discussed it. And uh, they would usually discuss that if they were long-term plans. So, yeah. But we just stuck with it, you know, just like the hurricane, just like three count, anything I'm going to do. And uh, if there's any young wrestler listening to this, you, you just got to commit to it. Yeah. You know, uh, and I just committed to it 100%. I got him out of that outfit. You know, I had an artist friend of mine design Rosie's newer outfits. Mm. You know, you can't have SHIT on your chest forever. We had to get that out of there. Yeah. And then start taking it a little seriously. And man, we just worked our asses off to get to that point. And yeah. it was a, it, it got to a point where it was like, we have to make these guys the champions. Like they they yeah. earned it, they deserve it. And that, that's really gratifying when it happens like that.
0: Yeah, 100% especially with all the graft and the work that goes into it. Yeah. You know, and I don't think anybody has any idea how, how much work it goes into kind of, you know, you're, you're pitted with a
1: partner and I'm sure there's so much work that goes into that, you know? Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, I didn't know him that well at all, you know, yeah. before that. And, uh, you know, when he first asked me about it, I wasn't quite on board, you know, because mm. I'd already had a superhero with Molly. I'd already yes, turned yes. somebody else into a superhero. Yeah. You know, So I'm like, you don't see like the Undertaker making other mini under, Undertakers, or Steve Austin doesn't make other Steve Austins, <laughs> yeah. you know. So is going to, yeah. Well, <laughs> trust me, Goldberg did not like that. No, but, no. but um, you know, anytime somebody's doing your gimmick, it's going to dilute it a little bit. So you yeah. need to, you have to be careful about that. And I kind of felt like I already did that with Molly. So are we going to do that again? But meeting Maddie, uh, Rosie. His name's Maddie. Um. Hmm. He was just such a nice guy. And I was like, you know, it wasn't like you could really say no anyway. Hmm. But I was like, all right, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to give it 100% anyway. And then we just became so close. And I'm, I'm really glad it worked out the way it did.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it kind of it led to you making that, that big heel turn and becoming Gregory Helms again. Yeah. And I think I don't know, I, was, was this one of your the favorite kind of, in terms of your career, was... That cruiserweight reign, the favorite, your 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 best period in your career.
1: As far as far as the mechanics of of, of the matches, yeah. you know, that was my best in ring work, and I was I was, yeah. I was I was one of the best workers in the business at that that time. Yeah, especially from a heel standpoint, you know, I made people really hate me. They went from they loving me to they went not buy my action figures, like them Gregory Helms action figures, them things. Didn't sell worth it. shit, Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I went from this great merchandise selling guy, just got a good nothing, and that was by design, you know. I did like, I, cause I just knew, like, I see some heels out there, and they're selling a bunch of T-shirts, and people are still cheering for them, and I'm going, mm. you know, if somebody's cheering for you and buying your shit, you're not quite the heel you think you are, no. and and throughout the years we've you know, I've kind of like redefined what I consider a tweener. I used to think a tweener was bad, but realized that now it's not. A tweener is definitely needed. You know, you need those tweeners, but you also need a real heel, you know, because if you don't have a real heel, then you got nothing to be between. You just got a baby face and you got a heel that wants to get cheered. And that's what we see a lot of in the business now. Our business is viewed under such a different microscope. Nobody can get real heat. If you do, we get attacked. Like we're glorifying something or something like that. And anytime you try to do something that tries to make people dislike you, Mm. you know, any other TV show can go out there and murder 800 people and nobody cares if wrestling does anything bad, you know, it's like, Oh, they're glorifying violence and they're doing this, that, and the other, you know? So we, we have a lot more challenges that other TV shows don't face. Yeah. It's very difficult these days to get to get real heat to make people mm-hmm. generally dislike you. <clears throat> and um and I, I talk about this in my seminars and stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. No other industry even has to do that. No other yeah. industry has to actively piss off their audience. We're the only ones. Yeah. You know, you know, you never go to a concert and at the end of the night, <laughs> you know, Motley Crue or whoever is telling everybody to fuck off. You know, you yeah. never see anything like that. You know, wrestling is the only thing that does. And it's difficult now, you know, it's, it's really difficult to, mm. to to get that because people will change the channel. Yeah. You know, now that, you know, uh, back in the 80s and 90s, whatever, you had like five channels. So oh, you know, <laughs> if, if you didn't like what was on, you didn't have a lot to choose from. Now yeah. we're in the golden era of entertainment. There's all these platforms, you know, I'm watching different shows every day. So, you know, something pisses me off you got to be careful because they might switch the damn channel on you. You got to be careful about that. But anyway, long story short, but yeah, my Gregory Helms run, uh, that one too was a reminder to the company of how, of what um, you could do, of what I could do because I I got so good at the comedy that they forgot about the wrestler. They forgot about the guy behind the Mm. character, you know? And um, that was, I I needed to remind them and and that, that spark, Ric Flair was the one that kind of sparked that in me. Yeah. Because he came to me one time and he goes, you're too good for this gimmick. And it stuck with me. And I, I, You know, that was before the Rosie thing. So it took a while, but that always stuck with me, you know, and um, I I know what he was saying. You know, I know what he was saying. He wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but he just knew what I was capable of. Because we worked a lot on TV. We did some house shows together. And it's just like anything he needed, like our chemistry was really good and flares. Flair's not the guy to sugarcoat things. If he doesn't like you, you'll know. Yeah. But also for him to come to me and say stuff like that. And I was like, man, you know, he's, he's, he's got a point. And mm. that's one of the reasons the Gregory Helms heel turn came about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it was great. I mean, longest reigning uh, Cruiserweight champion. You held it for, what, 13 months? Uh, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And then, unfortunately, you had a pretty bad neck injury that side yeah. you. It yeah. Kind of, it, 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 in a sense, it, 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 I think the run lasted, that Gregory Helms run lasted for the guts of maybe a year and a half, and then that neck injury kind of came along. And, you know, what, what was, you know, t- talking through what, what happened there and I suppose the, the rehabilitation.
1: Well, it wasn't like one significant thing. there were a couple of things where I felt like my neck was getting tweaked, but, you know, we're yeah. just, we're so beat up all the time, you know, you don't really think much about it. You know, and I'm on every show at this point. You know, Gregory Helms, they're, they're, there's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting conversations I was having about where I was going, you mm. know, and uh, uh, going forward in the company. You know, um, so like I said, I'm on everything. I'm on every show. And I got a bump heavy style anyway, whether I was a baby face or a heel, mm. I was a bumper. Mm. And so just one day, and this was on a live event, I was doing push-ups backstage. And on my third push-up, I couldn't get up. I'm sitting there pushing up, and as it wasn't like I was in pain, I was pushing up, and I just couldn't get off, off the floor. And I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. And I got up and like my arm felt a little goofy. And uh Chris Benoit was watching me. Mm-hmm. And he was watching me, and I was trying to flex my tricep and it wouldn't, it wouldn't constrict. Yeah. And I was like, damn. And Chris, Chris was the one that told me because it's your neck. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I still, I mean, when I hear Broken neck, you think they're done, right? Yeah, yeah. I can move. You know, I mean, I was achy, but I'm a pro wrestler. We're always achy. Yeah, you know. So I went out wrestled that night and twice the next day because we had double shots.
0: It's and it seems to be a long term kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah when we did the. Uh, you look at ed, the, you look at Edge as well. Yeah. You know, when we get uh we did the MRI and they can tell from the shading of the you know the vertebrae that my neck was broke for about four months oh my god and that whole four months i'm on every smackdown you know i'm on every show (laughs) every house show i'm out there just bumping going crazy all those matches i can't even tell you how many bumps i took within those four months and it was so bad though that that's they couldn't even risk me getting hurt on an angle you know like normally when somebody's going to go away on tv you know they get attacked by somebody or some bullshit like that couldn't do that we couldn't risk anything it was that bad you know because my my vertebrae were digging into my spinal cord and you know if you sever your spinal cord that's that's just that's the worst so uh that was it Then i disappeared for about 18 months i was just gone i was there one day and gone the next
0: yeah wow Uh, obviously the the rehabilitation was obviously very tough and
1: yeah, it sucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so the, first, yeah. You know, by the first you half of the year, you can't do shit. You know, you can't lift yeah. anything heavy. Like, uh, the technology behind the uh, spinal fusions now is a lot better. Yeah. You know, within the next couple of years, it had increased tremendously. So, I really had mine at a terrible time, you know, on the tail end of a, a different kind of uh, technology. Yeah. But, you know, for like months, you just can't do nothing but watch TV. You know, you just... It's yeah. it's a mind thing too for somebody that has that lifestyle. If you got a real active lifestyle and you do of things, course, yeah. you know, now I can't work out. I can't. You can't really do much. And like mm. their version of working out is getting on a treadmill. Well, that's that's not an athlete's version of working out. <clears throat> yeah, you need to go out there and push and punch and and do all this shit. And uh, it's it's a more of a mind job than anything.
0: There's nothing worse as well. Anything you know, any kind of athlete whatever sport they're involved in you know they they view that as kind of a a stimulation in life as well and Mm -hmm. you know to completely be restricted from doing that for such a long time it must be very
1: frustrating but yeah it's like driving a car like and you used to driving 100 miles an hour and now that motherfucker don't move at all yeah you know yeah (laughs) for for athletes too injuries suck for everybody no matter what yeah but for you know anybody that has that kind of a lifestyle, you know you, you got to deal with the pain, but also you got to deal with just this mental this mental thing. I'm not who I used to be, yeah you know and that's rough that's rough for a lot of people
0: yeah, hundred percent but you you recovered and 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 you came back for a brief period in in the WWE and and you left in two thousand and ten, but you worked in the indie circuit, you went back to the indie circuit where mm-hmm. it all kind of began for those first kind of eight years as as a pro and um, from 2010 to 2015 how was that what, what was it hell or was it kind of no like, with well, the
1: first couple of years i was uh you probably I was a lot, with,
0: sorry you were obviously a lot more respected on on the on the scene at, at that point
1: oh yeah nobody tried yeah. to beat me up anymore yeah <laughs> um yeah but uh actually no i signed with lucha libra usa uh yeah. from when i left wwe you know and so uh, they had it because they had to deal with MTV. So that was a that was a good deal for me there. But Ooh. then I had a motorcycle injury uh, yeah. in 2011 that took me out for another year. Oh. And so when I finally got things moving back again, you know, probably 2000 and uh, the end of 2012, 13, whatever, then it started really picking up for me. Then I just started having a lot of fun again. And Ooh. the Indies can be a lot of fun, you know. Um, yeah. And, and like you say, I had a name value now, so I don't got to worry about people fucking with me too much. The mm. promoters would get on your nerves here and there, you know that tends to happen of course but, yeah <laughs> uh, business is business, but as far as uh, you know, I got to work with a lot of talented people in the Indies, you know that would later on go on to uh television careers. Mm. So the Indies could be a lot of fun, you know it just they're rough, you know there's a lot of travel, you know, you're mm. in a different city, different company, you know, at least in wWE. You got that same locker room that you can depend on every week. You know, if you're like running hot on the Indies, you know, Friday nights with one company, Saturdays with a different one, Sundays with a different one. You know, I did this crazy loop one time where I did Tokyo, Japan on a Friday night, Milwaukee, Wisconsin in America on Saturday, (laughs) that very next day. And then South Carolina, Um, which was on the East Coast of uh, the U.S. on Sunday. So I went from Tokyo to Milwaukee. To Charleston, South Carolina. All of a sudden.
0: <laughs> How long? Was like that by been? the time
1: I got home, I, I looked like somebody from The Walking Dead. I was just <laughs> the air miles and, and the travel and just be. But you, there are guys that do that, man. You know, like uh, when that money's coming in and you're feeling good about yourself, mm. everything, you know, you're having a lot of fun doing it. You yeah. Know, just stick with it. Yeah.
0: And obviously, you know, a couple of years later, you you, you make that that cameo return at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. In 2018. That yeah. must have been great. That must have been a brilliant feeling. You know, yeah. The Royal Rumble, we all know it's all full of surprises. And, you know, the, the hurricane comes out, you get that big pop from the crowd.
1: Yeah. How was that? That was awesome. You know, you, you, you're hoping they're going to make that noise, but you, you yeah. can't be too confident because the second you are, that's when they don't. But yeah, <laughs> uh, Philadelphia really came through for me, you know, because yeah. I'm back there. The, the best, you know, one of the best parts was just walking into the building. Uh, and the pay per views already started by the time they snuck us in there,
0: yeah.
1: And just as I'm walking down the hall, seeing all the people that I knew before, mm-hmm. production people, uh, some of the guys, and they're just going crazy, like, You're gonna be in the Rumble, like, they didn't know the <laughs> other guys in the Rumble didn't know I was gonna be there, yeah. You know, like, oh, I, you know, and so, <laughs> like, that was just such a feel good moment, anyway. But, um, you know, to go out there, and uh, I've told this story before, it's the only time I ever couldn't hear my music. Like, I thought they cut my music off Oh, because you know, okay. that's how loud that crowd was. Yeah. As I'm, wow. You know, because I, I would have took my time a little bit more, <laughs> but once um, that music stopped, I was like, oh, you know, that's my cue. I need to yeah. get my ass in there. So I slid <laughs> in there and, you know, seen them. Uh, John Cena was so gracious, uh, yeah. you know, to because it was my idea to go to him because I knew they gave me the list of guys that were going to be in there. And I was like, okay, you know. And but I was just like, man, I got to go to John, you know. Yeah. <laughs> because of the uh, there was a throwback to the pay-per-view of when I tried to choke slam uh, Austin and Triple H. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, John was a little apprehensive at first because, you know, People will turn on John Cena all the time. You know, the fans, they love to cheer him and they yeah. love to boo him. So he was like, I don't, I don't know. And I, but when I told him, I was like, you know, I, I think I'm King Kong. I got to go after Godzilla.
0: Yeah.
1: And he goes, you're right. You're right. And so, I mean, I always, you know, I owe it to John for being so cool about that. And uh, yeah. I think the company realized they should have left me in there a lot longer
0: mm, just yeah. because of the
1: reaction. But once we've already committed to the plan, you got to run the play. Yeah, You know, the rumble isn't something you can kind of add live on. You know, you no, kind of no. stick to the game plan <laughs> no, a little bit. Yeah. But um, it was great, you know, and came yeah. back and uh, everybody was pretty happy with it.
0: Yeah, that's great. It is. And you always hear those stories about kind of, you know, people coming back, the surprise returns. And, you know, everyone kind of at the back is there's a lot of people at the back that have no clue about it. I mean, the example yeah. is, is, you know, Matt and Jeff at, at WrestleMania. Yeah. It was a big one you know? Yeah.
1: So I knew about that. You I had probably knew, yeah, well, you're, you're yeah. very close. Yeah. You've been close. And with so uh, with the, with the that board. was, uh, I, was that Orlando? I'm trying Orlando, to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Orlando somewhere like it was in, you know? And so I had a big hotel suite, uh, Con people had took care of me. Yeah. And I had this big room that was, it was like three rooms put together. My hotel is how big yeah. my hotel room is. And so I had about 20 people over there. And we all hooked up to the network. We got these little screens all over hmm. the room where everybody can watch. And so I didn't tell nobody nothing, you know. <laughs> and so as soon as they come out, everybody in that room just looked at me like, uh, I was just like, <laughs> it's like, you know. And I was like, yeah, got to keep it a secret. Yeah, yeah, it was one I of know. the best returns ever too, yeah. Yeah, for me, I
0: think it was the best ever. I just, because yeah. I, I, there was a lot of rumblings on, on the internet um, and just day. that reception,
1: you know, just huge like when you want it and then you realize everybody else wanted it too. That's that yeah. validation, you know. Yeah. And their music is so so good. This oh, one that, those first couple beats, their music just makes you want to <laughs> jump up anyway. Yeah. You know, so uh it was just everything came together so beautifully yeah. that night for them. That's it, yeah. I
0: just on that, the beauty of that return was that like A lot of my mates obviously stopped watching wrestling at a certain age, but when you know we they tune in at WrestleMania, it's just a thing that everyone does. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone kind of comes back again. They gravitate back again at WrestleMania, and they absolutely yeah, it's
1: like the Super Bowl. And like I never for baseball, I don't watch any baseball. I'll watch the World Series.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know, uh, for basketball the same way. I watch the finals, but I don't really watch yeah. a lot of that. So re- that's <laughs> that's for for fans that sometimes drift away from wrestling. Mm. I hear that a lot. Like, yeah, but I watch WrestleMania. They watch <laughs> WrestleMania and the Rumble. I feel like those are the two.
0: They're, oh yeah, they're the two big ones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but obviously, you know, you, you you came back at the Royal Rumble in two thousand and eighteen, and then a year later, you were hired as as a backstage producer so how how was that and obviously, you're working under Vince and working under Vince in a very, very different capacity
1: yeah yeah very 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 different yeah <laughs> uh it was fun you know i I do like that job a lot, and mm. I, you know I will be producing in at some at, a, at another point in my future, I'm sure so um, yeah, it's something I enjoy i think i was i think I'm good at it um the communication sometimes with the talent and the different people in that company mm. is weird because everybody's just different. Like me, I want to tell you how I feel without having to sugarcoat it. You know, I don't yeah. want to have to speak in these political terms. I've always been terrible at the politics and that's been good and bad for me. You know uh, how you see me on Twitter is exactly how I am. Mm. You know, I don't have to, I don't like to create these, these facades, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, the political aspect of the business, I've never been great at. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. You know, I'm fine. If, it, if it's hurt me, okay, no big deal. I'm still, yeah. I know who I am. Yeah. Um, but honesty is the I, best policy. Uh, not always. Strangely yeah. enough, it, gets you, yeah. it will get you in trouble. It will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My mother always says that. I'm like, mom, no. No, no, not at all. Yeah, if, if, if your woman ever says, do I look good in these jeans? Just say yes every time. 100%. Yeah. doesn't matter what she looks like. You say, you say yes. But, um, yeah, but I really did enjoy that job and I enjoy, uh, you know, and I was learning a lot too. So until this, yeah. you know, until the virus happened and kind of yeah. said everything, uh, got off track, you know, I was learning, um, you know, d- different ways, you know, trying to learn that corporate environment, uh, yeah. which I've never been a part of, you know, and never wanted to be a part of Yeah. So, um, but it is the next step and in, in, in trying in a way to give back, mm. uh, you know, so. And I think I look at things a little different than than most people do that are in the business and a little different than a lot of people that were in that production meeting, for yeah. sure, which led to some interesting conversations. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, I think you need people. I think if everybody sees things the same way, you're only going to get one vision. Yeah, you know? of course. I think in a creative atmosphere like that, you need, even if it's some dumb shit, you know, sometimes a dumb idea can spawn a good idea. Yeah. You
0: know? No, Absolutely. Um,
1: but I think you need different different <clears throat> eyeballs and different ideas in a in a creative yeah. environment like that.
0: I, I just I want to get your thoughts as well on you know Ireland is such a you don't even realize it's such a small country, and I think the fact that there's talent in that company like Seamus, Becky, Finn, uh, Killian, Dane as well on on, on NXT. I mean, it, it's incredible how far these you know these guys have come and they're like, you believe it or not, you probably, you probably think that they get media coverage over in Ireland, but they don't, they don't really? get the media. No, they really don't. Mm. And it's a shame because I mean, what Becky, what Becky did from yeah. kind of 2018 and 2019 was monumental. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it yeah.
1: was huge. I just want to. Yeah, her, her holding both those championships up at the end of WrestleMania. That was iconic. Oh, it was huge. You know, that was huge. So, yeah, you know, if you think about it too, uh, Finn Balor against Kyle O'Reilly.
0: Yes. That was, yeah. you know, he's, he's
1: got a, I mean, O'Reilly, I'm going to assume there's an Irish background. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Somewhere One down the, the pike. Yeah. So, you know, they just, you know, one-on-one for the NXT championship. So, yeah. Yeah, Ireland. Um, yeah, they got, they got especially right now, they got a very strong presence. in the Yeah, business. huge
0: presence. I know like, I know Finn very well. He's, he's a good friend of mine and he's... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he he actually looked after me at WrestleMania. Oh no! Nice. I went to we went to my first WrestleMania in 2018, in New Orleans. And okay. He looked after us. He brought us backstage and everything. We were like oh, nice. we were yeah. like two, me and my mate, two little <laughs> little yeah. kids. It's as if if we went to see Santa Claus for the first time.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've known him uh for a couple of years, so he's he's always been cool.
0: Yeah, no, he's a he's a good guy. I just wanna. Get your thoughts obviously on the current climate of professional wrestling because it's not the, it's not the most ideal situation for, for any sports industry and fans are such a huge factor in everything. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I'm a huge, I'm, I'm a soccer fan. I'm a big Manchester United fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing fans in a stadium like Old Trafford. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's, hurting, it's, hurting the, it's hurting the club and it's hurting football in general and it's the same at wrestling. I mean, what, what's, what are your thoughts on
1: that at the moment? Oh, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> it's yeah. shocking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, what we call the mob mentality, mm. uh, you know, that energy that resonates when you got that many people and they're all excited and they're yeah. cheering. You know, um, not, not like I walk around with energy crystals on my neck or anything like that, not one of those yeah, guys. but I, I do feel like people <clears throat> feed off each other's energy. I, I do yeah. believe that. And that's why the mob mentality works. And pro wrestling, like you said, uh, our having an audience to play off of is essential to what we do. Yeah. You know, no doubt, soccer is better with their fans, but their game is exactly the same whether their yeah. fans are there or not. Pro yeah. wrestling is not because yeah. we play into a crowd. It's like watching a comedian and nobody else is laughing at the jokes. It doesn't yeah. matter how funny he is if nobody else is there to laugh with you. It's not the same. Yeah. You know, you know, you buy. I mean, if you ever been to a comedy show and then you buy a CD. It's still not the same, but even on that CD, there's laughter in there. You can hear it. Yeah. You know, if you take that out, it's just flat as shit. And so, uh, we we need them, man, we need our fans more than ever. So, yeah. Uh, you know, so WWE have done really good things with the Thunderdome. What AEW's mm. done with, you know, they really control their bubble and um, have yeah. having fans around that. You know, Impact. Uh, they're still having the silent the silent shows, but mm. I think they're still putting on one of the stronger products. Yeah. As far as, uh, you know, Bell to Bell TV show, Impact's yeah. actually been ki- really killing it, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, man, I, I'll be glad if hoping this thing ever gets over, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, you yeah. wonder, you wonder what it's going to be like for WrestleMania 37.
1: But yeah, I, I do. I think there. I hope we get some fans, but. I think that Thunderdome thing is going to be around in some capacity, no matter yeah. what, even if we start getting people there, anywhere you can't fit a person, I yeah. think there's going to be a screen. Yeah. And just the production value. And I know how Vince says, once he starts seeing things in a big picture, it's going to go that way. If you see an entrance like um, NXT, you see Damian Priest's entrance, and you're mm. like, wow, like this thing is, that looks like a movie. And yeah. I think you're going to see more innovation come out of this because of uh, yeah. the Thunderdome and you know, stuff like that. I don't think it's going anywhere. You know, yeah. even like I say, even if um, I almost can can imagine, like, even if when we would do live shows, there was still some, sometimes some of the arena wasn't there. Mm. Um, you know, uh, the hard camera side, you might even see uh, screens over there uh, in the future. And yeah. That way, people who aren't in town can buy tickets to the, to be at the show. That's an interesting thing from a, a financial standpoint. Yeah, that you can go to a show but not leave your house. You know, yeah. that's the future. You know, yeah. and uh, and right now everybody's just got screens like you and I. <laughs> what 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 if it's more of a virtual reality thing in the future when you put on the headset and you're right there? Oh, you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. So. The potential is there for a lot of good stuff. You know, just yeah. in America, we got to not blow each other up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. No, that'd, sure. be, that'd be
0: nice.
1: <laughs> um, and
0: as well, as I, I think it's, it's a real shame that kind of the, the wrestling industry is in this situation because you look at the likes of – I'm looking at Roman Reigns at the minute.
1: Yeah. Best work, best work of his career.
0: Oh, my God. Well, it really hurt Drew. It really hurt Drew. No, and, and Drew, I, thought, so I was going yeah. to mention Drew. Yeah. I think the fact that Drew got that huge win at WrestleMania, the, the, obviously, the, you remember the Royal Rumble win, mm. the pop was huge. Yeah. The fact yeah. that he couldn't walk out with that championship yeah. the next night on Raw without fans was a killer. It really was. Yeah. And he's, he's that's, what I'm, that's what I was going to mention in there, the, Roman mm. and Drew, the two top guys at the minute. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You could say, like it was in 2005, the Batista and John Cena kind of that's what they are now. Good, good, good,
1: good call. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it is. That's what I see. And then you look at Randy Orton.
1: Yeah. And that thing he was doing with Edge before Edge got hurt, too. Yeah. Their feud was so emotionally driven. If you don't have anybody there to emote off of, yeah, it takes away from it. So they, they really, of all the feuds up until, uh, up until the Roman and Jey Uso thing, that was mm. the most emotionally charged feud in maybe the last last couple of years. Yeah. And so it really sucked that there wasn't a crowd there for us. Yeah,
0: no, big time, big time. I just wanted to get your thoughts on how, as well, how pro, pro wrestling compares to when now, because you obviously worked as a backstage producer and you kind of got that insight into what the locker room's like. Compare it to now, to when you kind of debuted in 2001. It's probably a completely different atmosphere, completely different yeah.
1: landscape. Yeah. yeah, everything's presented differently. You know, yeah. we're, we're still kind of stuck in these short segment mindsets, mm. um, which they have to do because uh, the the average consumer is so quick to change over anything. You know, yeah. so they're really stuck on trying to do, you know, an explosion right before the end of every commercial, you know. So yeah, uh, just the whole presentation in terms of television wrestling is it, really different. Yeah. And like, and like, like I touched on earlier, not being able to have that real heel, somebody you can generally hate. Mm. uh, That's tough. You know, that's, that's, that's a really tough thing to get around what Roman is doing. I think is really interesting because in a way it's cool as shit. He even being the tribal chief and he's just Mm. such a cool looking guy anyway, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to hate him completely, but Mm. I think he's touching on some cool stuff that, uh, you know, is doing some, some really decent heel work, but. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing is that we just don't like, you know, you don't have that Hollywood Hogan. You man, man, everybody hated him, yeah. you know, even though, even though the NWO was cool, like Hall and Nash were the tweeners. They were the yeah, ones that were yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. But man, Hogan got over so good. And actually, and I have to give credit to X-Pac there, too, because Hogan and X-Pac were the heels of the NWO. Nobody yeah. else was o- of the core group. You know, once you started yeah. bringing in, uh, you know, the, the NWO C-team. Yeah, there were some people there they didn't care about, but as far as the main group, you know, Hall and Nash were the tweeners, and then Hogan and X Pac, man, they just got the yeah. good heat. You know, they, they were the heaters yeah. of the group. So
0: I think I look back at that. I think the entrance with Dennis Rodman. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah! One of their coolest things of ever. Seen. As a wrestling fan, it's just Rodman. I think I think it was during the NBA
1: playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it's God a big documentary on it. <laughs> Only this, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, it was iconic. But as well, I think it's what the the influ- the internet has obviously had a major yeah. major influence yeah. on wrestling. Yeah. Like I remember, you know, back in the, the heyday. Like I I got into it around ninety seven. So Attitude Era that was my that was my yeah. kind of thing. And I was very lucky. I grew up in, a, in a, an unbelievable era of wrestling. But I remember. You know, we'd, we'd wait until Friday at 10 p.m. on Sky Sports to watch Raw Could, yeah. because the internet wasn't as accessible as it, as it is now. So there'd be no spoilers. We'd just be waiting from, from that Monday when Raw was, was on air until yeah. Friday, 10 p.m. to 12. And it was a great time, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, the internet's helped and hurt. Uh, one of the things it's done uh, from a weird standpoint is it's separated us from our character and the real person yeah but that doesn't really help wrestling mm. you know uh it's kind of humanized us to a degree but yeah. i'm not sure fans really want that i think fan what makes pro wrestling so unique is that i'm the hurricane all day long you know uh when you see hulk hogan nobody calls him terry bolea
0: no, when he goes
1: no. on talk shows, he don't go on a talk show as Terry Bollea. Yeah. You just saw the Undertaker on Jimmy he's not, Fallon. He's not Mark Calloway. <laughs> no, it's like fucking Undertaker. Yeah, you know <laughs> yeah. that's, and I feel like some of the younger guys kind of wanted like if you want to be on TV, if you just want to be on TV, then go be an actor. Go get on TV somehow. Yeah, but that's one of the things that made wrestling unique is that we were who we are all the time. Yeah, you know, and so. It can help and hurt. I think social media has helped and hurt just as many people, Yeah, you know, on either side of that argument. Some people it's really hurt, you know, because yeah. <laughs> if you're a bad person, you know, <laughs> and you get exposed for it, which, yeah. you know, we, we all kind of do want to expose bad people. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, it's hurt quite a few people, but yeah, maybe those people deserve it. who knows.
0: Yeah. I, I just want, one of the last things I want to talk to you about, obviously, is The Undertaker. Um, okay. Announcing his retirement this year and I think he I think he went out in the best way possible with that um, the kind of the cinematic match at WrestleMania which heavily heavily influenced from you know uh, Matt Hardy you have to give 100% credit for 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 all of that like how would you sum up him as you know how would you sum up him in in general what, what he's done to the what he's been to the industry of wrestling and how your, your relationship with him was as well, obviously, when you were in the court. Oh,
1: I always had a great relationship with, with uh, Undertaker. Mm. Uh, you know, everybody respected him, you know, um, and he had an ear for everybody. You know, if you wanted to go talk to him, he would make time yeah. for you, you know, and he would shoot straight with you. He was a straight shooter, uh, which I always appreciated. And he was a guy, you know, like because of his commitment to The Undertaker, because of his commitment to that character, mm. you know, that was a big influence on how I stayed committed to the hurricane. You know, like I yeah. said, I didn't, what else was I going to compare it to? Yeah. You know, um, he was just, it's such a fantastic idea that if it wasn't for his level of commitment, it just wouldn't have worked as well. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he inspired a lot of people. I know people like to say he's one of the best big men ever, but I wouldn't limit him to just that. He was one of the best, Best guys ever, period. And yeah. it was a long story you know, of his career because mm. when he had those couple years of not selling, like, mm. it's hard to have a match when you got one person who doesn't sell. Yeah. You know, and he, just the sit-up every time. he. Yeah. Used to, but it created such a, uh, such a long career because once he started really getting into matches where he wouldn't mm. go down, it meant so much more then. Yeah. You know he, he's one of he's one of the best that, that's ever done it. You know, by far. Yeah. I hate the goat conversations because they never go anywhere anyway but he's definitely has yeah. to be in the conversation of one of the best.
0: Everybody. There's two. Yeah. The, the great,
1: the goat conversation is, is such a difficult one because there's well, it's just annoying because nobody ever agrees. So you're like, you're having this conversation that's never going to end because <laughs> you can't have just one because we all feed off of each other anyway. So well, I see this, I see one. this Mount Rushmore thing and
0: I see it everywhere. And I, I it's fucking annoying. It annoys me. It's very It annoys
1: me because I'm not on it. That's probably yeah. why <laughs> I think we should- I'm, at the bottom somewhere. Four a, hurricane faces on them. <laughs> I actually wanted Shannon Moore to make a T-shirt that says Shannon Rushmore, and it just had four of his faces. On it. <laughs> he hasn't done it yet, though. It's still a good idea. <laughs> it's um, a
0: great idea. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm gonna buzz him it right after I get off the phone. He doesn't. I'm gonna make and sell it my damn self. Um Shane, yeah. I, just want,
0: I just want to end it here because this is a All segment right. that we do. I believe I told you this before that we started the interview we do yeah Thing called the wheel of impressions okay <laughs> this is the wheel
1: that's the wheel do you make that yourself
0: no no my my, <laughs> my uh my brother's girlfriend made this okay and there's kind of each character there so we'll just spin it Then there's a couple of characters from the uk so i won't teach it them there's a couple of american kind of celebrities there so if okay. it lands on a UK one, I'll just go to an American.
1: No, I have to do it too because I can't do impressions with the shit. Yours okay. are going to be way I'll teach it. you. I'll teach okay, you. Okay, here we go. Just, just
0: a word. That's all you need okay. to say. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs>
0: Stop it there. And we've, la- I, know, I think we landed on, it was Morgan Freeman last week. It's Eddie Murphy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. you, well, you, you go first.
0: Well, man, when I talk like Eddie Murphy, man, I'm talking like this. You know, you know what I mean. You, you you, you, be, you, you be, like that. and You be all energetic and stuff. You know, what I mean? that is some of that coming to America. Some of that nutty professor, man. Some of that shrek shit, man. You better try that, man. I love the hurricane. When I see the hurricane, man, the hurricane. I love that team music. Man, stand back. The hurricane come through. I love that shit.
1: <laughs> and I can't do any of that shit. I don't sound nothing like him, man. Just do a come to America. Hello, my neighbors. <laughs> I went. Uh, I went. As uh, Prince Hakeem for Halloween on the Jericho Cruise. I don't know if you ever saw those pictures. No, no, it didn't. yeah. But I had the hat and the thing, and I, uh, everybody went crazy. But it. it was really good. <laughs> well, there, there it is. That's the. I think that's annoying. I remember him singing some uh, thing for one of his things. Was, My horse and carriage is for hire. <laughs> Dude, I'm terrible. Give, give me another chance. Give me another one. Spin the wheel again. Do you want another one? Okay. Spin the wheel again. Okay. Let's spit it again.
0: And Mike Tyson?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you go ahead. You do, Mike. Let me see if I can figure yeah, this one
0: out. You know, a lot of people are looking forward to my comeback. And I guess Roy don't doing it's a very big fight. I've been to get in Phenomenal for a long time. I'm looking forward to it, saying, you know, I can't wait. Surely you can do me, man. I was involved in the wrestling for a long time. I was WrestleMania 14? It was incredible, man.
1: And this is such a good talent to have, man. <laughs> That's such an incredible talent. Um, I, should, I shouldn't let you go first because you're so good at it. I'm sounding like dog shit. <laughs> I got to stop laughing. Huh? Um. I just know when I get that way I'm doing in the ring. I'm him with his left combo, you know, it's but it but for him it comes from the right, but for me it comes from the left. <laughs> Very good. No, that's good. That's good. All, that's good. <laughs> all right, now kind of promo on me as Connor McGregor. If Connor, if Connor was gonna face <laughs> the hurricane at WrestleMania.
0: Well 100 percent I, I would be coming up against probably one of the more than the most toughest opponents I've ever come across. took tougher than Khabib. took tougher than than a Jose Aldo, so. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, listen. I'm usually very confident in these predictions. He give me, a, he'd give me a very tough fight. You know what I mean? I'm just looking forward to the money that Vince is gonna give me for appearing at WrestleMania. That's it. <laughs> it better be Martin Floyd, God. That's all I'm saying. But even more than Floyd got in 2008. So that's how Hell I feel. Yeah. That's so sure. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good job, man.
1: Outstanding. Outstanding.
0: Uh, Shane, um, thank you so much for, for, for coming on. Oh, uh, my pleasure.
1: It's been, it's been a lot of fun, man. It
0: was great fun, honestly. Where can people find you? Obviously on, on Twitter and on social media
1: oh yeah at shanehelms.com is where you can find me that's it all the platforms is the same name so brilliant
0: brilliant and I'm on there all the
1: time all the time
0: look absolute pleasure sir you're a gent I take care
1: hopefully hopefully hopefully
0: hopefully a a nice outcome in this election hopefully by Friday when this podcast is out yeah (laughs) we won't see any madness let's hope let's hope (laughs) thank you Shane stay (laughs) with Build your own unique bets and get the odds instantly with Betfred's Pick Your Punt Builder. Corners, cards, goalscorer and more. They've got them all. Download the Betfred app to build your own unique bets with instant odds. 18plusbegambleaware.org. Singles only. Pick Your Punt Builder is available on selected matches at Betfred's discretion. Visit betfred.com promotions for more information and for full terms and conditions.